Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors and contributors of Strategy Watch discuss current events and other military-related topics with a splash of history. I'm your host, Dan Masterson. Joining us today is Jim Dunnigan, editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author, and acknowledged pioneer and innovator in board war games. Also joining us today is Austin Bay, associate editor of Strategy Page, military author, columnist, and retired Colonel U.S. Army Reserves. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Thought we'd talk a little bit about China today. There's a lot of different things to talk about with them. Uh, let's start with the protests. Jim, what's this current situation with the protests there in China over the Well, protests? officially, China has, uh, has stopped the lockdowns. Um, but they took names. They arrested a lot of people. And based upon past performance, say, in Hong Kong, they're going to eventually prosecute some of these people. So they basically don't, you know, add fi- fuel to the fire in, uh, immediately, but they want to let Chinese know that uh, they will eventually, you know, pay the price, as it were. Um, China, of course, by uh, stopping that, they've had more cases of the uh, of the uh, what the latest version of um, of COVID, which spreads faster but is less lethal. Uh, and that the Chinese say that's a problem because they haven't got enough drugs, you know, to deal with it. But they're also dealing with the annual flu season. And a lot of people consider, you know, the current version of uh, COVID not much worse than the, uh, you know, a bad flu season. So uh, right now they're really concentrating on dealing with the flu and uh, they'll come back to uh, COVID later. Austin, what are the long term ramifications of the protests? Is there going to be any political fallout there in China? Well, there's already been some, Dan. Uh, it's been really startling political fallout, at least uh, within the, within China's uh, context, because uh, Xi Jinping uh, backed down. Uh, the I'm not exactly sure how many people were in total lockdown. Uh, the Chinese government may know, but they had uh, several major cities. And and also some of the production sites out in Xinjiang, uh, a province, but uh, parts of Shanghai, uh, other parts of uh, uh, in uh, in North China, you had had people uh, locked in their uh, apartment buildings, not just uh, kept in a, in a zone, but locked in their apartment buildings. There were reports uh, verified, many of them verified, of, of people going uh, several days without, without food because they uh, weren't allowed to go uh, 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 shopping. And there were some sectors, too, uh, that uh, just weren't even uh, resupplied. And you had uh, men in hazmat suits, probably local police, but uh, tough to identify. Some of them were were, I'd say, uh, definitely riot police because they were carrying riot, uh, riot shields, enforcing this harsh uh, lockdown. And it was endless, and it reached a point where you had uh, Chinese citizens in uh, several places, but including in the big towns where uh, people were taking photos, uh, video with their cell phones, out uh, uh, with makeshift weapons, uh, fighting the men in hazmat suits, uh, breaking windows and uh, may, uh, in, in some cases calling for the uh, downfall 
of Xi Jinping, something you don't uh, you don't do, especially in the aftermath. Just because uh, remember, uh, six seven weeks ago, Xi Jinping was being uh, really. Uh, uh, crowned emperor for uh, essentially the uh, rest of his life. He's uh, the uh, number one leader uh, by, uh, in, in China. He uh, ditched the Deng Xiaoping notion of uh, collective leadership in the Chinese Communist uh, Party. He's, he's it. He's uh, the new Mao. Uh, but as Jim keeps calling him an emperor, and I think that's a better way to look at it because that's the way the Chinese look at it. But they got the emperor to back down. They got the emperor to uh, end the uh, lockdown policies, uh, zero COVID. And remember here in the United States and also in places in Europe, you had uh, elements, uh, uh, political elements uh, uh, here and in Europe who uh, agreed with Xi Jinping. Everybody's got to wear a mask, wear a mask all the time, stay at home, avoid contact, don't go to work. Uh, and, and they even invoke China as uh, Xi Jinping's China as uh, an example for the for the rest of the world. Well, it's not. Chinese people have it, uh, had had it, had it with him. Uh, if uh, I said 25 to 35 million people, and again, I said it was tough to estimate. I think that's fairly accurate. Uh, you can uh, see that that's uh, China has about 1.4 billion or 1.35 billion people, but that's still a lot of people in major in major cities. And one of the uh, chief places where there was a, a lot of activity was at the Foxconn uh, plant that uh, makes uh, uh, Apple iPhones. So that's the sh- short term is the emperor back down. And that's the short term uh, takeaway. And the long term takeaway is the emperor back down. And we've discussed this uh, numerous times about Tiananmen Square and, and a couple of books. Uh, I've used the term the Tiananmen Tiger that stalks the Chinese Communist Party is because they're, they're caught in a, in a dilemma. If they want a modern, creative uh, economic system, they're going to have to uh, permit modern free uh, communications and free thought. But at Dung, Dung, what he called opening up and reform, those were goals and those were going to have policies. China's going to have policies that encourage economic development, economic freedom within his socialist system. But he also had cardinal principles, which were the party, the chief among them, the party stays in, in, in power. The party controls everything. And uh, there's, there's just an absolutely fundamental clash between them. And uh, at the uh, short takeaway and long takeaway is, is that we're seeing those two uh, uh, so-called principal, major principles in Chinese Communist Party clash, and uh, they don't work well together. So uh, I, I think that answers your question about uh, what the big takeaways were. The, the short term is a uh, is loss of face for Xi Jinping. The long term is once again we see that uh, Communist China has uh, deeply embedded problems that stem from the uh, political structure of their country. Jim, let's talk about the next uh, thing that's been going on in China. China's been rattling its landing craft uh, towards Taiwan. What is the concern there? And 
are they really serious this time about maybe invading the island? Well, they say they are, but they can't. Uh, as we pointed out in the strategy page, uh, the uh, how I put it? The geography of the situation favors the Taiwanese. Now, the uh, Chinese are also developing a new version of their DF-12 short-range ballistic missile uh, to be more accurate uh, and be able to hit, uh, you know, precise, you know, Taiwanese targets. The Taiwanese responded by saying, "Well, we're going to build more fortified." Uh, in, uh, you know, enclosures on the uh, on the reverse slope. In other words, the you know the slope pace, the, the one that's harder to hit when you launch a missile from China. China says their new missile can take care of that. While it remains to be seen, I don't think China wants to take the chance because you got to remember, Xi has all power now, but he also has all responsibility. And the social contract with China since the 1980s is that the people don't get involved in politics as long as they prosper. They're not prospering. The total shutdown was a huge hit on the economy. As Austin pointed out, the Foxcom operation was uh, was shut down. Not only was it shut down, most of the employees were shut down inside the facility, so they were starving in their in their workplace. And they made they basically staged a mass breakout. You know, they basically took off, and a lot of them didn't come back. So Foxcom has a uh, has a labor problem. In fact, China in general has a labor problem because they're still suffering from the one-child policy. The new generation is smaller. They can't find enough uh, uh, recruits for the military, uh, and they basically can't find enough people to keep the economy running like it used to. And the, the shutdowns hurt the economy even more. So uh, Jay had a problem with uh, he only his power is dependent upon keeping the economy going. His policies did just the opposite. And that's why the calls for uh, Jay's, you know, replacement uh, carried a lot of weight because it's him, not the Communist Party, that is getting in the way of the Chinese prosperity, which basically allows the Communist Party and the uh, and the entrepreneurs to coexist. A lot of the entrepreneurs, the wealthier ones, the ones who could afford it, and we've mentioned this before, I've already bought passports. There are countries where you can buy a passport if you bring enough money in. Canada used to be like that. Um, so they can escape. Uh, they've illegally moved money offshore. Uh, in other words, they are abandoning the ship because they, they, they don't have any more confidence in Jay's policy. And, of course, the, the COVID sh- uh, shutdowns were an example of that. The problem with COVID is the current version, you know, is, is a lot less, you know, lethal. Like I said, it's more like, you know, a bad flu year. But the Chinese don't see it that way. They feel that as long as COVID is uh, is spreading, uh, they are at risk. Well, they're at more risk if they hurt the economy. So they're really caught in a conundrum there. Uh, the the uh, the the another problem with the COVID is more research is going on the gain of function uh, activities, which were apparently partially funded by the United States. We can thank Mr. Fauci for that. Um, they weren't supposed to uh, basically uh, make the uh, the COVID uh, or the SARS they were working on uh, virus worse, but they did. And that's what got released. It got loose in uh, 2019. The Chinese denied it. They tried to blame it on the United States without much success. But, you know, if they if they repeat the lie often enough, they get some believers. Um, and now they are perpetually, you know, in fear 
of these uh, these epidemic diseases, you know, causing panic among the population and restricting the uh, you know economic growth even more. As it is, the economic growth you know took a major hit. It's still you know and you know growing, but it's like growing like one two percent, if that, in uh, 2022, and it may not do much better in 2023. So the, the G's major vulnerability is his inability to deliver the, uh, the, uh, the economic benefits uh, that justify his power. And that's why uh, he, back, he backed down so quickly. And he hasn't really got a solution yet. He's just hoping it'll, you know, it'll, you know, go over, it'll be over. People will forget. Well, the people don't forget because they're basically worse off economically and it's not getting any better on the G. So that's his big problem. And he hasn't got a solution, at least not one he's come up with yet. Now, overseas, he's still basically uh, weaponizing uh, the South China Sea. Uh, he's still got, you know, the skirmishing with India over uh, the major, uh, major disputes. One, of course, involves an entire province uh, in northeastern India. Um, and uh, they are being aggressive in general around the world. They're using their, uh, how should I put it, uh, monetary uh, diplomacy uh, to gain as much uh, influence as they can. Unfortunately, they not only gain influence, they gain uh, enemies. A lot of countries, you know, resent uh, China basically trying to buy their way into the infrastructure. The Philippines was a good example of that <coughs> for a while uh, during the previous um uh, Philippines regime under Duterte, uh, he tried to make deals with China in return for um, you know concessions in the South China Sea in return for economic investment. He didn't get any economic investment. There was more, uh, how should I put it, uh, occupations in the South China Sea. And now his uh, his successor, uh, uh, President Marcos, uh, you know, the, was he the son or the grandson of the uh, the uh, the dictator? the previous um, uh, Filipino dictator, he's taken a hard line uh, because he realized that China cannot be, be placated by, you know, uh, any agreement they make. Uh, so China is making more enemies. They have to get that econo- economy going. Without that economic growth, they have an internal enemy. And the internal enemy is growing uh, the more the economy stumbles. And uh, I, that's that's a problem that uh, Xi is apparently trying to concentrate on now, while not forgetting, you know, his overseas accomplishments, uh, which basically don't do much to help the economy. Austin, what's the threat to Taiwan? Uh, well, I, I think uh, Jim says that uh, you know the, the communist Chinese, mainland Chinese, have a real several real operational problems in getting across the uh, uh, Taiwan Strait. Uh, Taiwan is threatened by mis- missile drizzle, but uh, we saw that in 19, uh, the mid-1990s, 95 and 96. Experiment with that, uh, splashing uh, missile warheads in the sea around Taiwan to send the message that we are uh, uh, ready to actually uh, uh, slam the island, and they have built up their short-range and intermediate-range uh, ballistic missiles uh, built up their, cru- their their cruise missile inventory to imply that they would attack uh, uh, Taiwan and really in a way that Russia's uh, uh, Russia's 
missile cruise missile uh, attrition strategy would be as is the russians are attempting to do that uh, to ukraine and it, it was not the russians intention to do that they were going to blitzkrieg with a special operation and uh, but they've ended up the sl- uh, slugfest where uh, in the tactical level for the most part it's artillery but for the operational and even the russians are after a strategic uh, victory by uh, hitting all the infrastructure and uh, slamming the cities blowing up uh, apartment buildings the chinese have implied they could do that to taiwan well there's i've been to taiwan twice (laughs) it's it's a big rock they uh on the uh, Western side, the uh, na- uh, nationalist Chinese, I'll call them that, but Taiwanese <clears throat> have uh, dug out uh, air bases and caverns. It's somewhat similar to what the Swiss have with their uh, redoubts in the Alps, where uh, suddenly a big metal door opens and outrules a, uh, a jet fighter aircraft that uses the highway you're on as a uh, driving on as, as its uh, runway. And that's I've seen I've seen that happen, not the takeoff, but the plane come out and sit there, and, and then what the Swiss do is shut down the highway. So as the pilot takes off, they've <clears throat> they've got that on the western side, which was is part of the way that the, the looking back 20, <clears throat> 20 plus years ago, uh, the the Taiwanese were going to uh, 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 attempt to stop. Uh, a, a Chinese amphibious uh, operation and uh, airborne operation to, to cross across uh, the strait. Well, the Taiwanese have gotten smart too. <laughs> they've got they're putting in uh, more uh, uh, anti-ship uh, uh, missiles. That they're I'm, I'm sure in process now. They're buying more drones, but they're also and this is something that Jim's talked about several times in the uh, mining business, and I mean sea mines. And that is something that uh, their major allies, uh, Japan, uh, the United States, uh, Australia, uh, are interested in assisting them in, which is mining the strait, so that uh, virtually anything that seems to come across on the surface or subsurface is uh, going to have an extremely uh, hard time as the, the sea explodes uh, around them. Uh, so they they have not. Taiwanese have not said that they're going to uh, utilize a porcupine strategy, which is what I've described there. They're going to, uh, they still have forces as if they're going to uh, <clears throat> fight it out head to head with the Chinese. And even uh, up until really uh, up until the last decade, forces that you could see being used in an offensive manner for the Taiwanese to uh, uh, go across the strait. That's not, they don't have the capability to do it, but when the Kuomintang, uh, old Kuomintang was uh, was in power, that was uh, something that they would, uh, at, at least when saber rattling occurred, uh, imply that they were prepared to do. In other words, Chiang Kai-shek uh, re- uh, returns uh, uh, to the mainland. So Taiwan is, and also I should say their air and missile defenses, they are uh, trying to improve, or in the process of improving their air and missile defenses. And you can see with what uh, Ukraine has done in a more or less ad hoc fashion, what uh, a a sound integrated 
uh, anti uh, air anti missile uh, defense uh, can, uh, can accomplish. You can uh, frustrate the missile drizzle uh, <clears throat> operation that the uh, mainland Chinese, the Chinese communists, uh, have implied they would uh, uh, try to try to prosecute on uh, on Taiwan. Now, all right. There I'm kind of mixed tactical, mostly uh, operational, but the strategic situation for Taiwan has improved a great deal with the <clears throat> thanks to the bad behavior of the uh, Beijing regime. Uh, Japan is uh, rearming up its defense budget, modernizing and the Japanese uh, self-defense forces, as they're called, uh, really had a great deal. They have modernized and had uh, have uh, offensive weapons. Uh, the U.S., I don't know how much we're pivoting to Asia, but we're certainly uh, aware that we've got to uh, improve uh, the uh, Navy, uh, it built, rebuild, build up the Navy, I guess is uh, what I uh, what I want to say, and uh, work with uh, Japan, Taiwan, and Australia in keeping the uh, Chinese pinned uh, uh, to their coast so they don't break through that first uh, uh, island chain. But the big thing <coughs> as, is India. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I'll quickly sketch the origins of the Quad. 2007, Japan had been working on this saying, look, uh, in a really a bilateral way with the Indians, we have lots in common. You, the Indians, want to pursue your own strategic independence, but you know the big problem is China. And the United States, Japan, uh, we the Japanese and Australia uh, know it's the big problem. And J Japan, Australia, United States cooperate very closely. So does South Korea. I'll put that uh, in there. But then, <clears throat> but in Japan, Australia, and the United States uh, are, have great interest in uh, Taiwanese uh, independence and forcing Beijing to. <laughs> Uh, behave in, uh, militar uh, militarily in uh, East, East Asia. But then India and Japan and uh, China, excuse me, are still no, are still at war because the 1962 Sino-Indian War really hasn't uh, really hadn't ended, even though they had some very serious negotiations 20 years ago. And then again, uh, 10, uh, 11 years ago, well, let's let's make a permanent border. And let's not punch it out with each other anymore with these flare-ups, uh, both uh, you know, in the West, uh, uh, Pakistan, India, uh, Tibet border region, but then, as, as Jim was pointing out, in the East, in uh, the uh, eastern provinces uh, where the where uh, Tibet uh, comes into Arundhati uh, Pradesh, the uh, uh, Indian state, and just uh, last week. Uh, December the 9th, uh, we had another clash between India and uh, in China in, uh, in the east, where they're both, the Chinese have already built these roads to support <laughs> an invasion to the south. Well, the Indians are now building modernized roads to come up to reinforce uh, the, the sec uh, that sector, and the Chinese have been trying to uh, stop or hinder uh, Indian uh, uh, Indian road network and also uh, Indian modernization of some of its uh, defensive uh, areas. That's, that's a better way to describe it than a but the, 
uh, uh, regional defenses uh, at the, in the in the pass area. Now this time nobody got hurt. Last time there was a major flare up there, at least 20 Indian soldiers uh, were killed. Chinese figures on the number were killed in 2020 was uh, anywhere from four to 40. Not sure, but it was a sh- it was a shootout. And no, it's it's too simple to say. Uh, Beijing, Xi Jinping, in order to divert domestic attention, goes and starts uh, rattling sabers. But that is something that dictatorships do. And the scrape on December the 9th got a lot of coverage uh, in Asia, as it should, two two large uh, nations in in Asia, actually the most populous in the world, are both nuclear armed, and their armies are fighting over uh, the... Uh, a, a, an important area of a pass that if one was wanted to go south, you'd want to, the Chinese would want to pour soldiers and uh, men of material through those through the pass to go in and, and take uh, Indian states to the south. Or if the Indians were trying to return the favor and go back in and uh, uh, Tibet, go the uh, go the other way. In other words, it's it is a, a, a an area that has real military uh, significance for. Uh, op- Op- operations uh, between uh, India and uh, and China, and so it is. It, it happened. It's something that people in China will pay attention to. For the most part, the, the uh, Chinese are, are 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 proud of what their country has done. You know, with the, the retaking Tibet and the like, and they're suspicious of India. So there's the there's the uh, uh, neighbor next uh, the enemy next door, uh, uh, ploy by uh, uh, Xi Jinping's uh, regime to uh, deflect uh, domestic heat. Uh, it's also very possible, and I said in a column I wrote about uh, about it that because the, the area is so complex that it was uh, it was an accident. Except it's tough to say it's an accident when they both know where the they're, uh, the border's not drawn, but they call the line of actual control. And they know where it is. They, they hold meetings, the senior officers in the area hold meetings on a semi-regular basis to discuss where their positions are, where their troops are, and where that dividing line is. And the Chinese came across and where the Indians were, were building this road. The effect is after even talk, I know I've been talking tactical here, but the Indians know what the Japanese, the Japanese diplomats said in 2007. Our interests lie with Japan, Australia, and the United States in containing China, because China is the belligerent and bad actor. And we had another example of it uh, just on the heels of uh, another one of these major probes of Taiwan uh, air defense. Uh, identification zone with uh, over 20 uh, uh, armed Chinese bombers, and they were reason to believe they were armed that were uh, violating uh, Taiwanese airspace. So uh, the Chinese threat is real, and that Xi Jinping is a dictator who would use uh, a military foray to try to to uh, galvanize support for his uh, regime, uh, even though there's a great deal of discontent. As Jim says about the economy, but economy, but also about uh, the lack of, uh, of no freedom, lack of rights. Well, we'll wrap it up there. 
and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you gentlemen just before the year ends. See you then. Bye. Bye, guys.